0: It's Oklahoma Archery, everything archery based out of Oklahoma for Oklahoma. Let's get it started. Welcome to another Oklahoma Archery podcast. This is David Bosca, and right beside me is Nickel Neal. We're going to keep calling him that for just a little bit.
1: We're going to get you through the day. That's right. If I can, if I can do it, y'all can.
0: We wanted to jump in here real quick and let everyone know that we are still around and that we do not have a guest this weekend, but Neil went over to Coleman, Alabama to the ASA Classic, and we just want him to recap and tell everyone about what happened, what all went on, and the fun and hot and wet weekend he had.
1: Well, we got in Wednesday, uh, hit the practice bags for just a quick second, and went to shoot some foam i got to go with a couple of my friends who judge yardage so we were uh picking numbers and counting sticks and stones along the ground and squinting the trees and it was it was kind of fun to hang out with the guys that that uh shoot unknown distance but um thursday kind of started to sprinkle on us a little bit during the team shoot got to shoot one arrow of that and they called it off and it came a I don't know what part of the world you're from, but it'd be either a gully washer or a monsoon. I'm not sure which of the two, but shot one arrow at the team shoot, got that called off for uh, safety precautions, started raining and lightning. Uh woke up Friday, rained all day. Uh the ASA made the decision that their parking situation there on campus is all grass, and it's a it's a pretty beautiful campus. It's a uh, it's like a a high school preparatory school where you basically can rent a dorm out for twenty two dollars a night and stay on campus. Or uh, basically, what had happened is everyone that stayed off campus didn't have a place to park because they shut it down. So Friday they canceled all their lane, all their all the line times. They shut the practice range down. They shut the practice uh, bags down. At first, we did get to shoot some practice bags, but Friday was a washout. Uh, shot both rounds saturday and made it home sunday uh we did get to see all the pros get their two rounds in so that was kind of fun um got to see the new matthews that everybody's talking about i think i was the third person ever to see that thing in the light of day so that was pretty cool um <clears throat> it was a good tournament overall despite the weather um you know you kind of have to do what you what you can when the weather turns south on you but uh yeah, we we definitely battled the elements because when it quit raining it got hot and muggy. So um wasn't a great wasn't a great performance on my end, but that's kind of been my year. It's been a little up and down. Um so yeah. This, we'll uh
0: tell us what it's like for going to an ASA Classic. We've got a lot of listeners that's probably never been and if they decide to do one or two of the national tour events and then go to the classic just exactly what is it that someone can expect walking in? Let's say from the gate forward, what is it that they can expect to see? What's going on? Everything A, B, C, and D. Tell us about your experience this weekend and what you've seen from, from the go.
1: Well, it's like you're on a, a real small college campus, and they've got a bunch of dorms for people to stay in, so those are those are super convenient. I highly recommend those. Um, if, if you're able to stay on campus and get a reservation early, definitely try to do that. But they have um, a big vendor village there where you have, if you have any mechanical issues whatsoever, you've got every big-name vendor at the archery booth there from, you know, bow companies to Lancaster. Um, shrewd archery got a good chunk of my money this weekend. Um, true ball, Excel, you name it, they are there and they've got stock of just about everything. So if you have any mechanical issues, that's probably the place to do it because you can turn around and probably rig a whole bow up if you had to on the fly. I mean... You got Hamsky there, you got technicians, and of course all the pros that represent those companies are hanging out at the booth at any given time. So you might go have a little shopping list for your buddies back home and you get to see, you know, six or seven of the top ten archers in the world. So it's kind of, it's, it's pretty cool getting to bounce ideas off of them. Like when we were on the practice range, we were shooting right in front of Tim Gillingham and Kyle Douglas. And, you know, you try to t- try to tell yourself, well, act, act normal, don't... <laughs> don't stare at them. <laughs> so and they're and they're, and they're just there to practice and shoot their 40 arrows too. So you know they're they're on a similar mission. But you basically have you know 15 to 20, 20 sometimes 25 ranges set up that are just a short 10 minute walk up the pathway there. So you get your two shooting times and you got a whole day of you know team shoots and there's something called the it used to be called the GPO known elite round now it's the elite round they paid money to uh, sponsor it where you can shoot like practice rounds and scored practice rounds and they have a full range of 20 to 40 targets and they have some 40 to 50 ranges so if it's not raining cats and dogs you can usually shoot a couple of days um while you're hanging out um in coleman specifically they have uh Little cafeteria there where you can go get breakfast had uh pretty good food saw so, uh you know sausage bacon biscuits and gravy oatmeal coffee all that kind of stuff in the morning so they really do their best to take care of you um i know it. i know it really they the asa really did hate to have to cancel some of the stuff for weather but when all your parking's on a big grass lot they can't uh they can't they can't treat the host that way and, and tear their field up. So they ended up putting together some last minute shuttles for people to park off campus and get shuttled in to make their range times. So it was a lot of last minute planning around, but they, they sure do their best to accommodate us. Um, see, I got to sit in on the state director meeting. So got to kind of hear some of the stuff that's coming up for next year. Got to hear some questions and concerns from the leadership. So that was definitely a, uh, definitely an interesting experience.
0: I think it's really cool that the ASA tournament director thought far enough or thought quick enough to get a backup bus system, parking lot set up, something for you guys to still be able to go and enjoy the festivities of the whole tournament were you able to still come on site Friday and enjoy the pros or get to go watch them shoot or follow them around basically? Or were you off limits completely?
1: Um, yes, you could go see the pros. Um, they were the only ones that were allowed on the practice range, but they did open it up. My, my roommate buddies there that traveled with me, they went over and shot the practice bags, which I was going to opt for a nap just because I, uh, I shoot a blue fiber and it doesn't show up real great on those white bags. And I was like, ah, I'll probably just, I'll probably just hang out. You guys go have fun. They did end up getting to shoot the practice 3d targets. So I think it was kind of a, you know, we don't want people coming in here to park when we have to turn them away. But if you're staying on campus, they did everything they could to accommodate you. Um, And yeah, the pros are, you know, they usually have a, have a small audience following. There's some people that like watching them do what they do. So that's, that's always fun to see, you know, they're, they're, they're competing at the highest level and sometimes they're coming out of nowhere to win it. And sometimes the wheels come off the bus. So just like everybody else out there, you know, it's not just, it's not just me out there shooting a nickel every once in a while. It happens to the best of them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I understand that. So, we do know the Big Matthews release up there with the new bow. Um, tell us about what you've seen with that.
1: Uh, we saw Dan McCarthy shooting it on Wednesday night. And my buddies are all a bunch of Matthews shooters. So, they're walking by and trying to, you know, very discreetly stare at this new contraption they've come out with. And uh, Dan was a real nice guy. He's waved him over to. Come on over here and look at it. You know, here you go. Grab that thing. Pick it up and hold it. Um, started telling them about some of the new features and what it's got and what they changed and this and that. So um, he was a, he was real a real open about it. Said that uh, Levi was. I think there were four of them there that were shooting. It was Dan Levi, uh older gentleman that shoots in the pro division, and one more person. So they they handed a few of them out to their pros and the uh, word on the street was they weren't gonna. They weren't gonna unveil them, but uh, the few people that had them liked shooting them so much that they were like, you know, I've already got this thing rigged up. Uh, I think I'm gonna roll with it. <laughs> so they made the executive decision to unveil them and had them all there. And they had a, they, I mean, they had pictures of them and stuff out. You know, everybody back home said, "Oh, send me a picture of it." You know, I gotta see that. It's like, dude, it's gonna be in the, it's gonna be in the brochure. Can't you wait a month? Nope, they cannot wait a month. They gotta see that thing um so it's it's definitely pretty pretty yeah it it is it is I mean I don't I don't shoot a Matthews but it was kind of like Christmas morning for everybody there it's been about three years since they've put out a new bow so you know everybody's talking about it And the two guys shooting it in the men's pro class ended up one arrow apart on the shoot off you know Dan Dan had shot the last 14 I think Levi had to shoot a 12 to beat him and Ended up shooting it out the top, I think, is what I'm told. I haven't got to go back and watch it yet because the class I shoot in is shooting uh, their second round during the shootoff. So, didn't get to see that, but you always got uh, PJ and crew cam that records it and we get to go watch it on the way home. So, that's, that's pretty cool of them. Um, <clears throat> really good, really good tournament layout. Um, just kind of kind of bummed about the weather you know didn't rain on us but rained all around us so we didn't have to didn't have to break out the rain gear for the actual round but it was it was hot muggy and a little sloshy on the bottom
0: yeah i seen some pictures of it that cam had posted it definitely looked like a monsoon going on during that and folks walking up and down the path just with pouring rain down well we don't want to leave out any one particular bow manufacturer we also noticed that darton had released a new bow up there. And it seemed like their stuff was more smoother. The left out a lot of the cutouts, the square geometric design of their risers. Did you happen to see any of those out there? Very streamlined. Yeah.
1: And it's it's, it's, it's another bow model like the uh, PSE Dominator Duo that could be tapped for right and left-handed shooters so that's going to help them production wise i'm sure that's going to be oh. something that's pretty advantageous
0: <laughs> oh interesting i didn't realize that i didn't catch that on facebook well those are the two big bow manufacturer releases that happen there um, that'll definitely help for them
1: yeah and it, it, the fun thing about all those vendors it's their end of the year stock so they're making all kinds of deals for people that are there trying to cut down on inventory before the, the new stuff next year comes out. So if you need anything equipment wise at all, it's definitely the place to be because they're they're making cash deals and they're trying to liquidate stock, and not have to. Because, you know, they ship it all out there in these big trailers and the less they have to pack up and take home, the better. And you can definitely you can definitely make off like a bandit if you're so inclined.
0: Well, we appreciate you driving all the way out there and and spending that fuel money, and taking one for the team. Um, seeing as how all of us didn't get to go, just so you could recap for us.
1: Yeah, I was really hoping to be able to go live for the uh, the shoot down. It just it doesn't it doesn't work out that way when your when your Friday option time gets rained out. So they they give you a Saturday. And sunday time normally with a friday option attached to it and the friday option got rained out so we were you know stuck with whatever times are on our card and uh so we didn't get to we didn't get to live stream it but we definitely encourage everybody to go check out the uh competition archery media pro point shoot down footage it's pretty cool and they're They're a lot better at announcing while they're running the camera than me and and old Bryn are. That definitely was tricky a couple of weekends ago. (laughs) That takes a lot. A lot lot goes into that there broadcast, I can tell you that.
0: Well, you've been back for 24, 36 hours. What all is going on in the outdoor world for Neil? I'm sorry, Nickel Neil. What all is going on, bud? yeah we got a we got a whole
1: slew of tournaments coming up here in the next couple weekends it's gonna be busy um pulled out the hunting bow yesterday the Trosper archery club in oklahoma city is hosting the state broadhead shoot this weekend that's a uh it's a good little tournament you shoot uh two-dimensional animal targets on big styrofoam blocks so we went and helped them get that set up yesterday that was a uh fun time turn over these big styrofoam blocks and try to dodge whatever crawls out from underneath it um so we got that set up we got that set up yesterday um it's going to be this weekend saturday sunday it's a one-day shoot uh so got to got to fling some broadheads yesterday that's always an interesting uh always an interesting first uh first broadhead shoot of the year kind of motivates those guys that wait till September to get it done in early August kind of helps your local bow shops out so you're not um, tuning your hunting bow last minute in September 25th so definitely definitely don't want to be that guy and walk in a week before bow season starts and say hey I got to get set up for October 1st and well you and every other every other redneck in the woods is in here too. So um, definitely appreciate the OSAA hosting that broadhead shoot in early to mid August every year, make it kind of forces you to get a jump on it. Um, and I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to win it for the third time in a row. That, that'd be a, that'd be a good time. Um, weekend after that, we're headed down to Texas for their state, uh, 900 round and the it, the same club is hosting the state mark 3d so we'll get two tournaments down in houston area next weekend uh probably a little bit of, a little bit outdoor one last off for your 3d shooters and the weekend following that we're headed to yankton south dakota for the combination national 900 target finals and uh 50 50 meter 50 meter, it's a 720 round. So you shoot a uh, shooting yellow, yellow dots with skinny arrows.
0: Isn't that the same weekend of the shot 3D experience that we had on the podcast a few weeks back?
1: Yes, you also have that coming up mid august down in hugo uh i know my buddy bobby johnson is going to be going down to that to check them out um anybody going to be in oklahoma with a bow in their hand that weekend would love to see you guys out there and support those guys Uh, we're hoping they get a good turnout for their first one because they're planning on doing a uh a traveling circuit of them. So that would be good for all you guys that like those tax style events instead of traveling out to Tennessee and Colorado and giving them your money. You could, you know, do it a lot cheaper and a lot closer to home. So definitely from somebody that drives 12 and 14 hours to every tournament I go to, it seems like I definitely appreciate seeing some of these big shoots come and want to do stuff locally. Um, You've also got, uh, the weekend following shot, you have Trosper doing the third annual hunting experience where it's a 24-target 3D range. They do eight ASA targets, eight IBO targets, and then they partner up with the deerman crew, and they do eight deerman targets as well. So that's always a good one. And then I think the 19th, um, Bren down at Okieland is hosting a 25-target hunting bow style only tournament shoot. So I think it's like twenty-five dollars, twenty-five targets, fifty percent payback. Um so they're not doing the open classes, they're doing your your hunting rig. Not broadheads, but just your hunting rig with field points. So whether you're near or far, there's quite a few quite a few tournaments over the next couple of weeks. Um depending on what style you like to shoot. Unless you're one of those guys that's waiting on indoor season, then you're just gonna I guess have to just keep waiting a little bit.
0: Wow, I got that way over here. I know exactly what who that was meant for. But
1: that was subtle, right? That came that came across subtle.
0: And the word I heard more than anything else was waiting. Yeah. Not exactly waiting over here. I've been playing with releases, trying to well heck, that's what all us shooters do is just try to get the perfect release going and I've definitely done a little bit of changing.
1: Yeah, you just uh you just made a switch not too long ago.
0: Yes, I did. Just about 10 days ago, I went to a button release to where I shot a back tension for four months prior to that. And I really think that helped me move forward into a button and operate it properly. Before that, it was 20 plus years of an index finger. And we all know how that got me at the Indoor Nationals this last year. But shooting that button i have noticed i've had to change the setup of my bow itself i've had to increase my holding weight because i think with the back tension i was really pulling hard and going to that button i slowly went to a a little bit of a relaxed shot so i had to increase my holding weight to allow it to be crisp and to go off properly but other than that, it's 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 going to be good. I, I just have to I still have a lot to learn with it. Well, folks, we just wanted to jump on here and do a quick update and let you know that we're still around. We're still going to be doing lots of podcasts. There just is a, a lot going on in life, and we're still going to be doing some guests. So if you know of anything you want us to go over, post it down there in the comments below, and we'll research it and we'll see if we can't get it on a podcast. Neil, what all do you got?
1: Well, it's about that magical time of season where everybody and their cousin doing my favorite thing and showing trail cam pics. So we want to send them. We're going to put this episode out, and we want to see what y'all are looking at on the trail cam because I'm going to tag my buddy Chris Simmons in it because he absolutely can't stand seeing pictures of deer he can't shoot. So (laughs) y'all put your trail cam pictures. You got shooter bucks or – coyotes or raccoons running around let's see some let's see some trail cam pics and i'm gonna tag chris simmons and every one of them just because i know he he just appreciates the heck out of that um other than that i ah, shot my first uh broadhead arrows used my wrist strap release there and uh i think i might be hunting with a hinge this year i just <laughs> i can't get behind that thing um for the life of me so we're gonna we're gonna try to rig the hunting bow up with the hinge this year. Spent all last night fletching some arrows up. Got some got some of my q 2 i veins back on my uh, Easton full metal jackets. So we're gonna do a little broadhead tuning. We're gonna finish up the year on some skinny arrow shoots, and then we're gonna roll right into indoor season.
0: Something else that we can go over is everybody that knows me knows that I've got 34 years in the meat business. I've owned, operated, and meat processing plants. And back when we had them rocking and rolling, we would do a thousand plus deer a year in the processing plant through deer season. So I want to do it won't be in this one, but we'll do a future uh podcast about what I have learned and taking care of your uh harvested animal so that you get the best meat possible. Everything from the point that you uh harvest it all the way to getting it to the kitchen table but that's something we'll go over down the road. I think will be real interesting. And you know, if it helps out anybody, that's what it's all about. That sounds
1: like a good plan. We're, we're, we're kind of coming up on the hunting season and it, uh, you know, not a lot of tournaments going down over the next couple of months. So we're going to kind of rely on everybody else to tell us what they want to hear about. You know, we'll try to give you some useful tips and tricks as much as possible, but, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna keep rolling out podcasts. Um, sitting in a ground blind sitting in a tree stand whatever the case may be um you know just gonna keep doing it
0: hey folks we are now live with apple tunes itunes whatever you want to call it and most all the major podcast players out there in the market we've got one that's playing stick in the mud and giving us a hard time about it but other than that just go subscribe so that you never miss one of these and we really appreciate it neil take them home Nope. Everybody go shoot your bow.